Well, for me, it's always a good, good day when I can put my tool belt on. It's a great day. So here, here I am, and it was like day two of, of building the cabin with my brother-in-law, Doug, there. And, and all the subsequent days, those are great days. I love to put the tool belt in. I also love to put my Husqvarna chaps on and get my helmet on. And here's Lori and I clearing the land, getting ready to build a cabin. Those are great days for me. Now, why am I ta- talking about my tool belt? What in the world's with all these tools? It looks like a Home Depot store, a trophy store. What's going on here? Well, let's talk about the tools for a minute. What's going on here, it's time to get to work. That's what it's about today. Because we're talking about these defining questions, right? So the first question two weeks ago was the mission question. What are we about? What are we supposed to be doing here at Door Creek Church? Well, what are we about? Here it is. Here's our mission. Changing people into devoted followers of Christ who change the world with his love. The short version is changing lives to change the world. Say that with me again. Changing lives to change the world. So that's the mission question. What are we about? Then we talked about the, um, the values question. What are we committed to? What are the enduring commitments of this place? There are seven. A life of worship. That's worshiping God in all of life. The Bible's authority, centering our lives on God's truth. The richness of community, growing together in Christ. Joyful witness, sharing and living the good news. Compassionate service, humbly extending his compassion to those in need. Intentional training, preparing and releasing you, God's people, for ministry. And finally, persistent prayer, devoting ourselves to pray continually. Then we climbed up Eagle Tower last week, and we wrestled with the vision question. Looking out in the distance, what does it look like out in the future? Where is this place going by God's grace and with his help? And and this is the leadership's... the leadership's best view out in the future, understanding that God sees it perfectly. There's stuff out in our future that we haven't even seen yet, but God does. But here's what we can see. Here's what we dream of. A church that brings great honor and glory and pleasure to our great God. A church where the city of Madison says, it's really good that Door Creek Church is here. It's not like, oh, just what we need. Another church. No, they go, I wish we had more of these churches like this in Madison. We dream of a place where you go, this is what I've always needed, and this is what I've always longed for in my church experience. We dream of your friends saying to you, thank you so much for inviting me to Door Creek. My life has never been the same. And so we dream of a church, and we framed it in those four broad categories, a church that's worshiping God with all our hearts and all of life, a church that's growing together in Christ, that's serving others with Christ's love and reaching those who don't know him. That's our vision. We shared it last week. It's on a CD. If you weren't here, you can pick these up for free. We burned a whole bunch of copies so that you could get it. It's really important that you understand the vision and then more importantly, as you share this vision, find your place and say, that's my part. That's my my part in what God's doing in this place. So please pick one of those up and listen to it this week. Now today and next week, we get to the the resource, the strategy question. And it's, how are we going to get there? How in the world 
are we going to accomplish all the things that we talked about last week? Well, the answer this week is, first move is, we're going to get there by serving others with our gifts. And next week, the second move is, we're going to get there by honoring God with our money. So that's where we're going. Today, we're going to talk about gifts. So open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. You can find on page 859 in the Bible in the rack in front of you. And a tradition that we have here, a new tradition at Door Creek is, if you're here today, you don't own a Bible, would you please consider taking that Bible that you've just grabbed home with you? It's our gift to you as you continue on in your faith journey. So here we are, 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. Here's what the Apostle Peter writes. Each one should use whatever gift he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, the teaching here is very simple. Here's what we're to know. Here's what we're to do according to Peter's teaching here. He wants us to know, number one, that each of us has at least one gift. What do we mean by each of us? Everyone here? Each of us means everyone who's placed their faith in Jesus Christ. When God changed your heart, he sent his spirit into your life. And when the spirit came in, he came in bringing gifts. And so if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, trusting him as your savior, you have gifts. So you can't say, well, wait a minute, Mark. You know, I got in the gift line. I remember that early on in my Christian experience. And and I got to the front of the line and, and God said to me, I'm sorry, I'm out. You have to come back another time. I ran out. Can't say that. Each one of us has a gift. It's a very basic teaching. But the second half of it is even more important. It's important that we know that. But then he goes on to say each one of us is to use our gifts to serve others, not ourselves. So it's not enough to know that we have these gifts. We are to use those gifts. And when we use them, Peter goes on to say what we end up doing is we end up becoming dispensers of God's grace. So as we serve others, his grace flows from us to other people. So that's why we've got trophies here. Because what I want to say is our spiritual gifts are not trophies. What do you do with trophies? Well, you put them on a mail. And you look at them. And sometimes you dust them off and polish them. And and they remind you of these past accomplishments that you or someone in your family has achieved. And, And that's a great thing. But it's all about the past. And we display them, and we admire them. That's not what we do with our gifts. We don't say, hey, 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 Joe, come on, come on over here. Let me show you what God gave me. I, I won this when I started following him. And boom, we start showing him our gift. And that's not like that. They're tools. See, what are tools for? Tools are for building. And don't you love just getting... I'm sure the women love tools here, but I, 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 I'm thinking of the guys too. Don't you love it when you got the right tool for the right job? I mean, that's true, whether it's in the wood shop or in the kitchen or whatever it is we do. And, and I think about all these jobs. So here's the grinder. You know, if you're working on your car and need to do some buffing or some grinding, you know, that, that would be a good tool to have. Here's the, here's the sander. A zip, you know, one of these roto zips. A lot of you don't know what a roto zip is, but 
you know, the drywallers were in my basement this last week, and they had rotozips, and that was just cutting out all the outlets and all, those, all the uh, cam lighting. Really nice tool to have. Then you got your circular saw. Now, this kahuna, this is one bad dog right here, because I'll tell you what, you know this thing's been used. It's got like the Chinook, the Chinook beak on this thing. Now, this is a sawzall, right? A reciprocating saw is the fancy word. You've got to have this. If, you, if you're doing home improvement and tearing into your house, you've got to have a sawzall. This is a multifaceted tool. Now, the deal with tools is not all the tools can do the same thing. Now, let me tell you about this tool. I didn't even know this tool exists, and I'm still learning how to use it. Let's see if I can do it. Yeah, here it is. Can you believe it? Is that cool or what? I, I didn't even know this tool existed. But there you go, your Black & Decker Auto Tape. I like these tools too. Now, the deals with tools are every tool has a purpose. This is great for drilling. It's not great for fastening nails. If you're going to fasten nails, then you want your pass load. Now, this is one of my favorite tools. Bought this for building the cabinet. It's not loaded. Don't worry. But what's great about this tool is no cords. So you just walk, you know, you just put it on your belt like that. You're walking around, you know, and then you pull it out and... It's great. Now, you've got to be careful with these kinds of tools. I want to show you a picture. This guy lived, so it's okay. Look at this guy. You don't want to do that. These things belong in wood, not in skulls, okay? So here's the deal. We've got tools, and our tools, the Bible says, are to be used to build God's character and God's people. And then together, as we become more like Christ, we are positioned as his body to build his kingdom out in the world so that more lives are changed. See? See, this what's going on. So what you want to do is find out, what, what's my gift? Because when I know my gift, there's a sense where I know my spiritual job description. And I know how to put it to work to build God's purposes here in people's lives as I serve them and extend God's grace. Pull out the brochure. It's this one that says, Serving at Door Creek. What you'll see here as you open it up in the middle is there's a whole bunch of different skills or talent areas. And you know what? Anybody who's breathing on the face of this earth has those natural talents. There's wonderful things that God gives to each one of us. Then on the far right are the spiritual gifts. These are the things that come to us when we're spiritually brought to life. And through the Spirit now, we have some of these gifts. There's a representation of some of the gifts listed in Scripture. In fact, most Bible teachers believe that the lists that we have in Scripture are not exhaustive. They, they simply give us an example of many of the gifts that are given to God's people to serve God's purposes. And then in the middle panel, you realize, wow, there's not only different gifts, but just like 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 through 6 says, there's also a lot of different places to use those gifts in ministry. One of the things that we're hoping is that everyone will fill one of these out this week or next week. And as you do, especially those of you that don't know exactly where to serve, that what will happen is there's a team of people working with Together We Serve that will follow up with you and help you find a good ministry fit where your gifts, if you know them, your interests will be plugged in to a right place of ministry. So they're tools to be used, not trophies to be displayed. That's the basic teaching that, that Peter wants us to know.
The second part of his teaching gets to the, the whole matter of how. How do we do this? How do we use these tools? And what you find out in the scriptures is how we use our gift is as important as using our gift. And he starts off by talking about we've got to use them with love. The priority of love is seen back in verse 8. Look at verse 8. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, here's what we know in the scriptures, especially from 1 Corinthians 13. When we exercise our gifts without love, we are nothing, we have nothing. We, we become like a clanging gong, a noisy cymbal. We become obnoxious. And we're not able to do what God wants us to do. So it's not enough that I use this gift. I've got to use it in the right way. And the right way is with love. And that love is a deep love. It speaks of a dedication to each other that's rooted not in, I feel like doing this because you're really nice to me and so I like doing nice things back to you. No, it's rooted in my will so that no matter how I'm feeling, I'm doing just what God has done to me. He loved me unconditionally. And when that happens, Peter says, that kind of love covers over a multitude of sins. Well, how does it do that? Not by sweeping onto the carpet. But love covers a multitude of sins as we cover those sins with loving forgiveness. Just what we sang, amazing grace. His grace flowed down and it covered me. And when I've experienced that covering grace, I extend it to each other, to others. Here's the deal. If we find ourselves in a relationship that's kind of not right, there's been conflict, you uh, maybe worked on resolving it, it's not resolved, you find yourself now in the same room, you didn't even expect it, the natural inclination for most of us is, yikes, I want to just avoid that person. You want to move away. See, from the very beginning in Genesis, we remember that sin always does that. It separates people. And so the covering of love, what that does then is it doesn't allow for the distance. And so as we come together and there's proximity now because there's nothing between us, I am able to serve you and you are able to serve me. How are we to serve? With love. The next thing he says is with faithfulness. Look what he says in verse 10. He says here that we're to faithfully administer God's grace in its various forms. And this whole idea of faithfully administering speaks to this idea of being a steward Not a word we use a lot, but maybe a manager. Someone who's been entrusted with something and we're accountable for what we do with that. And so we want to be faithful in using what God has given us. At the end of the day, we're going to stand before God and he's going to say, Hey, Mark, I gave you these tools. What did you do? What we don't want to say is, Man, I read all the manuals you know what? I made sure they were always clean, well-oiled, and maintained. I got extended warranties, Lord, on all the tools. That's great. That's great. Did you ever pick one up and use it? You know, that's the bottom line. We need to use them faithfully. We're going to be held accountable for that. Then we go on and we realize not only that, but we're to use our tools in dependence on God's Word and God's strength. Look at verse 11. 
Here now, Peter talks about kind of broad categories of gifts, speaking gifts and serving gifts. And he said, if anyone speaks, if anybody has a speaking gift, what I'm doing right now, teaching, that's a speaking gift. Prophecy, encouragement, those are examples of, teach, of speaking gifts. He says, each one should use whatever, oh, excuse me, verse 11, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. So here's what Peter's saying. If you have one of those gifts, then when you use your words, make sure that your words are radically connected to God's word so that when they hear you, really what they're hearing are the echoes of God's voice speaking truth, speaking a word of encouragement into their life. So if we have one of those speaking gifts, a good thing to do is just say, hey, What's the source of my words when I start sharing those gifts? I mean, there's a big difference of saying, the source is something I heard on TV last night. The source is something I remember my mom saying all the time. There's a big difference. Those words may line up with Scripture, but it's much better for us to go, what I know for certain is that's centered in God's Word. In fact, it's what the Proverbs says, or it's what Ephesians 4.29 says, or whatever. Okay, that's the first thing, that our words are connected to God's word so that when they hear us speak, it's as if they hear us speak the very words of God. Then the next thing he says is, if you've got these serving gifts, he says, if anyone serves, serving gift would be like administration. A serving gift would be like helps. He says, any of those gifts, make sure that you are plugged into God's strength. He should do it with the strength God provides. So let's use the, po- the uh, cordless drill here. We know the deal on these things. They got a battery. And, you know, when the battery's charged, it sounds like this. And then after a while, you use this thing and, you know, it can start sounding like this. And then after a while, you're pressing it and they're, you know, nothing. And what do you need to do? You need to put this thing in the battery pack and recharge it. And so what he's saying is, when you find yourself in these serving ministries and these, using these serving gifts, you've got to make sure that you're serving in His strength, not your own. You're not going to make it down the road very long if it's in your strength. You're going to keep running out of batteries, okay? And so here's how we recharge our batteries. We serve with other people. That connects us to God's strength. See, when we do it on our own, when we fail to get others involved, when we have a problem as a leader delegating, what happens is we we tend to tire and burn out. When we do it with others, and that's our huge commitment here at Door Creek, serving together in teams, what happens is it energizes you. It encourages you to keep on going. It's like running a marathon by yourself and running a marathon with a friend that you've trained with. A huge difference. I've never run a marathon, so I don't really know that. But what I've been told is it's a huge difference. But I've trained for athletics, and I know it's a big difference. Just want to get that out. Okay. Um, Second way to plug into God's power. Do what Jesus did. Here here this is, the, the Son of God, the creator of this universe. When he came and took on human flesh, you know what he needed to do? He needed to recharge his spiritual batteries. And you know how he did that? He got away. He got away to the mountain, and he went there, and he prayed. He communed with God, his Father. And and that's a huge thing for us. You know, our our lives can get so kinetic, 
And we can, we can get goofed up into thinking that I can be doing all these things in ministry and, and have batteries that are, that are not fully charged. Our hearts, our, our spiritual lives, interior lives. And so we get away with God's word regularly. We fill our minds with it. We're strengthened by that. We pray. We quiet ourselves so we can hear God talking to us. That's huge. And then the third thing the scriptures talk about is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the very one that raised Christ from the dead. He lives in us. And God's word says, keep on being filled by that Spirit. Keep having the fullness of the Spirit in your life so that as you serve, the fruit of the Spirit, just keep following the gifts of the Spirit that you've got. So it's really important that we understand how we're to serve with dependence upon God's word and his strength. And finally, he says here, we are to serve at the end of verse 11 with the right motivation. You see it there? He says, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So with the right motivation. So there's love, there's faithfulness, there's dependence, there's the right motivation. And our faithful service to God and each other using God's gifts and his strength leads just to that, his honor and glory. So here's what we know. It's real basic teaching, isn't it? We have a gift if we're a Christ follower. We're to use the gift. We're to use the gift in what way? To serve others. How? With love, with faithfulness, with dependence upon his word and his strength, and always with the proper motivation of doing it for his honor and glory, not my own. So here's what we know from our survey. Over half the people that filled it out, there's 841 of you who did, half of you haven't found a place of connectedness. So you may not know what your tools are. You know what? It's okay if you don't know your spiritual gift. One of the best ways to find out how God has equipped you to serve is to start serving. And through that wonderful process, you begin to discover. Maybe you come to it on your own, but a lot of times what happens is someone says something to you, and, and it goes like this. You know what? Thanks for, for always being an encourager. I really appreciate that. And you're going, oh, I, I didn't know I did that. Maybe I've got the gift of encouragement. Thanks for always being here to help out. Oh, maybe I've got the gift of helps. Your teaching continues to really have a big impact in my life. Really? My teaching? So you see how that works. So here's what I would say. If you don't know what your gifts are, start serving. That's the best place to discover it. And know in the months ahead, in the years ahead, a regular part of the teaching here will be so you know what the Bible says about your gifts and how to use them in this place and wherever God sends you. A second reason people may not be serving is you don't know where to serve. Well, that's what the Serve Ministry Fair is all about, just to help you see what the offerings are. And here's what I'd say to you when you don't know where to serve. Five basic things. The first thing you should do is pray. God, show me, help me. I really, I really want to know what you want me to do. And I, I got a clue. You've got a much better idea of where that place is than I do. So you pray. The next thing you do is just listen to other people. Like I was just saying, if someone comes up to you and says, hey, would you consider doing this? That's important. I'd really pay attention and pray over it. Maybe that's how God's going to lead you in a place of ministry. Another might be simply this. Find out where the needs are. 
as you go around on the tables, find out where they have needs. And as you do, match those needs with some of your own interests, some of the passions that you have. And you go, hey, you know, I like doing that. Some of us would go right away, hey, you know, I've got a passion to work with students. I love middle school students. And, and some of you go, really? <laughs> yeah, I really do, because it was at that time in my life where someone invested into me, and, and I just love to do that for others. I, I love that age. Some of you say, well, I'm really, I, I really get excited about helping organize things. I've got the gift of administration. And other of you go, really? Organizing things? Yikes, I can't do that. So you think about how God's wired you. Your personality and your gifts, actually all that, it, it should make sense, doesn't it? The God who made us, who gave us these gifts, who shaped our personality, that it would all fit together. Another thing we ought to do is serve with our friends, with our family members, with a small group. Do it in community and follow them as you seek places of ministry. So, finally, why should you serve? Why should you serve? Number one, because if you've experienced God's love, God's love ought to just catapult you. It ought to just compel you. When you know Christ has given his life for you and has changed your heart to now fundamentally be a a giver instead of a taker, then that's why you serve. Here's another reason we serve. Because it's what Christ's followers do. Some of you are going, why the mop and the bucket over there? I'll tell you why the mop and the bucket. Because it's my picture today of what Jesus did when he washed his disciples' feet. We've kind of sanitized the towel in the basin. It was such a kind of a, a disgusting job watching dirty feet that it was for the Jewish servants of the day, they were given a free pass. You don't have to do that, okay? We just acknowledge it's kind of crummy work. You don't have to do it. And, and what I remember is what Jesus says in John 13. He said, I have given you an example to follow. And he says, blessed are you, not if you know that you're to follow my steps of service, but if you do them. And so we serve because as Christ followers, we have been called to follow Christ's example to give our lives to others. We serve because we're needed. And some of you don't believe that. Say, oh man, there's a lot of people. There's 1,200 people here that show up on a weekend. You You won't even miss me if I don't serve. Here's what I know. That God has joined us together. He's joining us. He's fitting each piece in this place to do his work until he comes. And you have a role to play. Have you ever had that thing happen to you where a little part of your body that you never thought was important all of a sudden got injured? Like I think of the times where I've nailed my finger and then I tried to do my button and I couldn't do it. It was this little thing that I I didn't even know was that useful to me until I couldn't use it. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, it is a big deal. We We all have little parts to play. And when they come together, and that's one of the things God's doing right now, he's bringing the pieces of this puzzle together, and you are part of that picture. And you bring things to my life and to those here in this room's life that'll help us be more like Christ, to help us better do the work of Christ. We need you. And I would say you need to serve because when you serve, all of a sudden you move from this place of saying, I feel poorly connected. Remember 30% of us? 
just saying, wow, now I'm really feeling like this is my church. People know me here. I'm having an impact in people's lives, and it's cool. I'm connected in this place. And finally, you find great joy. Man, there is something exciting about making yourself available to God and watching him use you in something bigger than you, in someone's life, the joy of serving. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive. I'm going to ask Sherry Anderson to come on up and talk just about that, the joy of serving. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you. Serving is so exciting, and I am excited to be here to share with you a little bit about my experience in serving at Door Creek Church. Um, My serving started about eight years ago when I served in the Iwana program on Wednesday nights. And I enjoyed children. That seemed like a natural place to start. Um, After serving for a couple years, Lori Scora approached me and asked if I would consider taking on a table leader position. And um, my first reaction was, really? She thinks I can do it? And I agreed to do it. And then a couple years later, she approached me again, and she asked if I would consider um, doing the director position of the Sparks program, kindergarten through second grade. And again, my reaction was, wow, she thinks I could do it? I would never have pursued that on my own. Um, And as I prayed about it and thought about it, I realized that um, there was part of the position that I really, really liked. um, And there was a part of the position that really scared me. For those of you who know me, I am not a detail person. That is not a secret. And that's the part. Keeping everything in order was the struggle for me. Um, so I, I agreed to do it only if Mary DeGroat would come on board with me. And it was a great fit for Mary. She agreed, and it has been just a wonderful um, working arrangement. She does what I don't really care to do, and I'm probably not gifted to do. And we kind of balance each other out. And through that, we have just had a blast in serving. And if you're, not, if you're serving and you're not enjoying it, then maybe you're not serving in exactly the right place. And that's okay. I think it's important to try new things, be open-minded, because you might think you wouldn't work out in one area, and then you try it and you go, whoa, I guess I do have a few talents and giftings in that area. So I would just suggest that you be open-minded. I would also suggest that you be aware of the people that you're serving with or the people that are around you, because you may be the one to identify whether another person has a gift, or you may be an encourager of somebody. Um, Lori was kind of that encourager to me, and you may not realize what an impact you will have on someone else's life. I didn't realize that one time. Um, A couple years ago, I had the privilege of working in summer um, serve in the children's program, and I worked with Jim Ray, and I just happened to just notice the amazing ability he had in working with small children. Jim is this big hulk of a guy, and he's just so gentle and tender with these kids, and I just happened to mention it. I wasn't trying to recruit him or anything. I just said, man, Jim, you really, you really are good with these kids. Well, a couple weeks ago, he came up to me and he said, by the way, because of what you said to me, that's why I'm in children's ministry, and it just struck me because That was so awesome, and he has served significantly and has made an impact on our children's ministry for the last several years. Um, So be aware of how you can encourage somebody else, as Pastor Mark had said. I just, 
if you don't serve, you're just robbing yourself of an opportunity to meet some amazing people. Through my service in the children's ministry, I've met um, just great kids, great families and parents, and unbelievable leaders that I've had the privilege of working with. Um, Friendships, it's just an amazing experience. Thanks for listening to my experience in working and serving in Door Creek Church, and I'm really excited to hear what your, your experience will be. Thank you. All right. All right. Here's, a, here's what we got to do. Got to get the tool belt on now because it's, it's time to get to work, okay? So let's get out in the ministry fair there and find out where we can make a difference in changing lives. It'll change the world. We're excited to help you. There is a, a bunch of baskets out there for you to fill out your serving surveys and just put it in there. You can stay in this room right now if you want. You can bring it back next week. Remember that. Together we serve tables out there every week in the atrium. And those people are trained to just help you get connected to places. So use that. Go out and talk to people in the fair. And have a great day, everyone.